Well, thanks for joining in our singing this morning. You know, when somebody uh, celebrates a special day, he, they always like to, for people to know about it and to be able to share in it. Tomorrow, uh, one of our elders, Roy and Joel and Cahill, will be uh, celebrating their 35th wedding anniversary. So if you get to see them uh, after service today, give them a little pat on the back and let them know how happy we are for them. If you will, look inside your program. There's an outline of our Bible study. I'd like to encourage you to follow along with us today. Well, last week, the uh, National Football League had its annual draft. And lo and behold, there were 70,000 people who uh, showed up in Philadelphia to uh, see who their team was going to draft. Everybody hoped that they would get exactly the best players, and that way it was going to be something that would help their team. What they really wanted, and if you would have asked them, everyone would have said the same thing. We're looking for people who will be difference makers. Now, if they were an offensive player, it means they would score touchdowns. And if they were a defensive player, it means they would stop the other team from scoring touchdowns. But what they wanted was somebody who was a difference maker. Uh, I saw one shirt that a guy had I thought was pretty good. He said, it's not your age, it's your attitude. And uh, a difference in age is not what uh, determines whether or not you're going to be a difference maker and all because a difference maker can be of any age. There was a story that uh, Dusty read just a minute ago from uh, the Scripture from Luke chapter 10 about the what we call the story of the Good Samaritan and how a man was beaten and robbed and just left by the road and Along came a priest, and along came a Levine. Both of them walked by and didn't do anything to help him. And then a Samaritan came by, a man of a different race, a man who uh, had different views about life and about God. But he stopped and helped the man and took him into town and paid his bill and uh, went on his way. And we see what a great man he was because he was a difference maker. Now, let me tell you, there are three reasons that I think that God wants us to be di people who are difference makers. Number one is, our world really depends on it. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have a world where there are no difference makers? We find that, what if everybody had acted like that priest and that Levi, and had just walked on by and left that man there, and when there was a real need, he did absolutely nothing. You see, when people don't have compassion, then there's going to be chaos that's going to take place. And number two, I want to tell you that our fulfillment in life really depends upon us being people who are difference makers. Now, Jesus never told us how it was that the uh, Good Samaritan felt after helping that man and paying his bill, but I suspect that he really felt good, don't you? Because he had displayed that after of compassion toward the man that uh, here was in such need. I read a story that back during the Depression, there was a preacher who was on a train, and a man who was a well-dressed man came and sat down by him, and they talked for a few minutes, and he asked the preacher, he said, what do you do? And he said, well, he said, I'm a preacher. The man said, well, you know, he said, that's just a coincidence. I've been wanting to make a contribution here during this Depression, to uh, some religious group, and he reached in his billfold and 
took out a bill and he gave it to the preacher and the preacher thanked him and just stuck it in his pocket and they continued to talk. And then a man came down the aisle and he said, fellas, he said, I need some help. He said, I've lost my job. He said, I, I, I can't feed my family. We are really in need. Can you help me if any at all? And the preacher just reached in his pocket and got that bill the man had given him and uh, gave it to the man who was asking for help. And he walked on by and the man said, do you know what you gave that man? Preacher said, no, I don't know. He said, you gave him a $100 bill. Preacher smiled and said, well, don't you know he's going to be happy with that. And you know, somebody who is a difference maker is one who enjoys helping those who are in need. And then number three, let me tell you that God expects it. You know, when God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, He didn't put them in there just to smell the roses. He put them in there with the idea that they were going to be working on that place that God had given them, and they were going to be people who were servants and people who were working. Several years ago, we were uh, back in uh, western Tennessee, and I'd gone over there to preach, and then uh, there was a guy there that had a lake, and so I went fishing while I was there. But uh, there's a road over there in western Tennessee that if you go down it, you will be amazed because every two and a half miles, there is a Church of Christ building. And I saw all these row after row. thought, what in the world happened to these people? Do they just can't get along with each other and have to start a new church every uh, few miles? And then somebody told me the story. He said, I want to tell you what happened here. He said there was a, a fellow that had a big tent, and he would come during the summer, and he'd preach until he had converted enough people to start a church, and then he would go back home, and the next summer he would come again, go about two and a half miles down the road, set up his tent, preach, establish a church, go back home. And he said every summer he did that for years, and so every summer he just started a new church. I thought, well, that's kind of a unique thing to do, but... What a good man to use his influence and to use the power that he had so that he could be someone who was really a difference maker. You know, when I think about that and I look in the Bible, it's amazing to me the men that God used to be difference makers. We find that uh, there were some people that when God first called them, they resisted the call. And you know, that was Moses. God called him to... Uh, lead the people out of Egypt. And you know what Moses did? He said, I, what, what if I get down there? They don't, they don't listen to me. And the Lord said, uh, Moses, what do you have in your hand? He said, I have a staff. He said, throw it down. He threw it down. It became a snake. He said, pick it up by the tail. He did, and it turned back into a, to a staff. God said, listen, I'm going to be with you, and I want you to go, and I want you to deliver my people out of Egypt. And I think also about the story of Jonah. Jonah was the prophet of God when God called him to go to the city of Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a well-known place for men who were vicious and men who did not do anything that was good. And God called him to go, and, and Jonah didn't want to go. But, you know, God got him to go because he knew that Jonah was a difference maker. And I think about the story of Gideon. God called Gideon to lead his people into battle. And Gideon said, well, Lord, I, I, how do I know you're going to be with me? 
And he began to give God some tests. He said, uh, I'm going to lay out the fleece, and in the morning, may the fleece be wet and the ground all around it be dry. The next morning he got up, and the fleece was wet and the ground all around it was dry. And, but then he said, God, I, I needed more proof. He said, now tomorrow, let's reverse that order and let the fleece be dry, let the fleece be dry, and there is moisture all around it. And he did, and finally he said, Okay, God, I'll go, because you see, he did not want to be the one who went, and he resisted God. And we find that uh, God often uses people to be, dis to be people who are real difference makers, and people that at first they resisted God. And then secondly, some of the people that God chose to be difference makers are not the people I'd have chosen. For example, he chose a woman by the name of Rahab. And do you remember her story? She was a prostitute in the city of Jericho. Now, she helped the spies who came in, but who would have thought that God would have used a prostitute as one who was going to be a difference maker? And if you'll take your New Testament in Matthew chapter 1, verse 5, you'll find that this woman is listed in the genealogy of Jesus. She was a difference maker, but she is not one that I would have chosen. I'm going to tell you, I would not have chosen Mary either. You see, Mary was a young lady who was a teenager. She was a peasant. She is one that had no education, and yet she is the one that God chose to be the one who would bring His Son into this earth. And as Mary, this young lady who nobody knew about and nobody thought about her being some great leader, when the angel of God spoke to her and told her what was going to happen, she said, uh, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be unto me, even as you have said. And what a great difference maker Mary was here, even though she is not one that I would have chosen. I want to tell you, I would not have chosen David. Did you know that David is mentioned more in the Bible than any other man. He is the one that uh, God sent the prophet Samuel down to his uh, family to anoint one to be the next king over Israel. And uh, the father, Jesse, got his boys all together, and the first son walked out, and he was a tall, good-looking, strong fellow by the name of Eliab. And when Samuel saw him, he said, Boy, this must be the one that's going to be the king. And God said, no, I don't look at people the way you do. People look at the outward appearance, but I look at the heart, and he's not the one. And one by one, all of the sons of Jesse came by, and God every time said, no, he's not the one. And finally, Samuel said to Jesse, well, do you have any more boys? And he said, well, I've got one young guy, but he's down taking care of the sheep. They brought him in, and David was anointed king. And it was kind of interesting because even his own daddy didn't think that he was the one who was going to be anointed the king. But if you look in 1 Samuel chapter 16, you can read, read his story. And the point is this, and that is God does not always choose wise, influential, noble people to do His work. But God chooses people who have the right kind of heart. There's kind of an interesting passage that Paul kind of deals with this over in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 
And beginning in verse 27, he wrote this, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before Him. The people that God chose to be difference makers were not people that you would perhaps think of as being people who were good candidates. But God does not always choose wise, strong, noble, influential people. But God uses people who have a right kind of heart. Number three, let me tell you this, that some of the people that God chose to be different makers, they got off to a very slow start. I think, for example, about Abraham. Did you know he didn't become a dad until he was 100 years old? But we find in Galatians 3, verse 29, Paul said, If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Here was a man that didn't get the call to become the leader of the people of God until he was 100 years old. Don't ever say, well, you know, uh, if I wasn't so old, I would do more in the church because God can use people of all ages. And you know, that was also true of Moses. You know, Moses was 80 years old when God chose him to go back into Egypt and to lead the people out. He had been serving for 40 years as a sheep herder. Now, who would have thought that a great sheep herder was going to be somebody who was very uh, powerful in leading the people of God? But in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 34, verse 10, it says, There was not any prophet who ever had risen who was greater than Moses. And Moses, as a 80-year-old man, took on the task of leading the people of God out of bondage. And then there was the story of Joshua. Did you ever realize that when Joshua was chosen to be the successor of Moses and to lead the people into the promised land, that he was the oldest man in Israel, the oldest guy. And he was the one that God was going to use as a difference maker to bring the people out of bondage. And then there was Joseph. Joseph was a, a young man that was hated by his brothers. In fact, they even went to the point that they were going to murder him. And rather than murder him, they sold him into slavery. And he went down into uh, Egypt and ended up in prison. Who would have thought that uh, a foreigner who had been in jail would be one that God is going to use? But God used him. And you may remember that the brothers came down and they thought, uh-oh, we are in great trouble because Joseph's going to get even. But Genesis chapter 50, verse 25, he told his brothers, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, so that what is now being accomplished is going to be accomplished. And here we find that God was able to use a man here who nobody would have thought of as being a difference maker, but undoubtedly Joseph was. And then I'm telling you that there are some people who got off to a bad start but God used them as different makers. And I think about Jonah. You know, when Jonah was called, he was thought of as a godly man. But he said, I don't want to do what God wants me to do. And he took a ship and headed off in the opposite direction of what God wanted him to do. 
And then you may remember that the storm arose and he knew that the problem was because he was disobeying God. And he said, throw me overboard. And threw him overboard. And you remember he was eaten by a great fish. Didn't take but three days for him to sober up and realize, I need to do what God wants me to do. And he went to that city of Nineveh that was filled with wicked people. And he preached to them. And he did such a great job of preaching that in the book of Jonah chapter 3 verse 6 it said that even the king of Nineveh repented in sackcloth and ashes. And God is able to use people even if they get off to a, a bad start. God is also able to use a man by the name of Samson. Remember Samson uh, got involved with Delilah. And uh, he reluctantly gave her the secret of his strength and that is that his hair had never been cut and she lulled him into sleep and he was asleep in her lap and she called for the barbers to come in and clip his hair while he was sleeping in her lap and he lost all of his great strength he thought he could still have it but he went out and didn't know that god had left him and so he was captured, and uh, the Philistines made fun of him. They put out his eyes, but his hair, the Bible says, began to grow again. And he pleaded with God. He said, God, one more time, just give me strength so that I can avenge these Philistines for the wickedness they have done. And you remember that he was able to take the pillars of the great building that they were in and push them down and the Bible says that he killed more in his death than he did in his life. And he was used by God as a difference maker. I think of the New Testament, I think of the story of Peter. And you know, Peter was chosen as one of the twelve and a great man of God. But when Jesus was captured and on his way to the cross, you remember what Peter did. Three times, Peter denied Jesus. He said that he didn't even know him. And as he did so, people were able then to spare his life. But here was Peter, a man who denied the Lord Jesus Christ publicly. And although he was one that had great opportunity to know Jesus, who he was, he denied that he even knew Jesus. And so you know what then happened? When Jesus arose from the dead, do you know who the first apostle that he appeared to? It was Peter who first got to see him. And then in Acts chapter 2, when the day the church began, you know who it was that the Lord tapped on his shoulder and let him be the chief spokesman and preach on the day of Pentecost, the day that the church began. It was Peter, the man who had at one time denied him and had gotten off to a bad start. And you know, the very same thing is true of the young man that we know of as John Mark. John Mark had an unusual ability. He had uh, a great opportunity because when Paul and Barnabas went on their first missionary journey, they tapped this young man, John Mark, to go with them. What a great thrill for a man to be able to go with people like Paul and Barnabas on a missionary journey. But you know what happened? It wasn't very long until he got over there and John Mark turned back and went home. Acts thirteen thirteen says that he left him and went home. What a, what a terrible thing it was to desert and to leave out on the mission field. When Paul and Barnabas got ready to go on their second missionary journey, 
You remember what happened? Barnabas said, let's take John Mark with us again. But Paul said, we're not going to take that quitter. He's given up. You can't depend upon him. And so they split. The Bible says that there was a great argument that took place between Paul and Barnabas. And Paul took a man by the name of Silas and went one direction. And Barnabas took John Mark and went another direction. And you know what happened to them? We find at the very end that Paul, when he is in prison in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, in the last book that he writes, he said, Timothy, when you come, I want you to bring John Mark with you because he is one who is profitable and helpful to me in my ministry. And then you know the gospel we know of as the gospel of Mark? Do you know who wrote that? It was written by this young man who had deserted Paul and Barnabas when they were on their missionary journey. Because you see, sometimes God uses people to do great things and to be different makers even if they got off to the wrong start. And you know what our challenge is? The challenge that Jesus gave us is over in Matthew chapter 5. And as Jesus spoke these words, He said this, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. When salt lost its savor, they would take it and they would throw it out in the streets. And it would kind of help have the streets to uh, kind of soak up and become hard. But he says, listen, you're the salt of the earth. You're not to be just thrown out and do nothing. But you are to be salt so that people will see and know and love you. And then he said, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Jesus, that's what you are. You are the light of the world. And if the world is ever to know me, it's going to be because you are the salt and you are the light of the earth. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Jesus said, what I've done is I've called you to be difference makers. I've called you to be ones who are salt and light. You may not have gotten off to a good start. In fact, you may have fouled up in the past. But still yet, if you will trust and love me, you can be a difference maker. Did you know that that's what God wants the church to be? He wants it to be full of people who have committed themselves to be able to be used by God. Now, inside your program, you'll find a, a little sheet there with some of the jobs and opportunities there are to serve in the church. You may want to be a part of the trace team. You may be someone who brings food. You may want to be someone who is a greeter. But there is some job that you can do. There is something that you can do that probably nobody else can do. And God has called us to be a church of people who are servants like Jesus. Last week we talked about how Jesus had washed the feet of the disciples. And as He did so, He then said, Even as I have washed your feet, you are to wash one another's feet. Jesus said, What I want you to be are people who are real difference makers. Will you take that out of your program if you've not already done so and look it over and see where it is that you may be able to serve. And I don't care where it is, but as a part of this church, 
You need to have a role that you can play so that you can serve and be other people. Be what God wants you to be for other people. What God's called you to be is a difference maker. And let me encourage you to take that form and fill it out right now. And as you do, you can leave it on your seat or you can give it to one of the ushers or one of the elders when you leave. And let's everybody be people that God's going to be able to use as different difference makers so that we can be the kind of church that God wants us to be. Would you pray with me? Dear Father, we are amazed at some of the people that You have used to be difference makers. Some, dear God, got off to a bad start, but they straightened the ship and aligned the road that they, You wanted us to travel and are going down that, dear Father. Dear Lord, there were some people that, I'll tell you, I would not have chosen, but You in Your will have chosen them to be Your people, and You have used them and are using them and will use them, dear Father, if they will allow themselves to be Your servant. Dear God, I just pray for everyone that's in our church. And I pray, dear God, that we can find a place where we can serve and we can do those things, dear God, that's going to build the kingdom. Use us, dear Father, for Your glory. For this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song of invitation this morning. and Maybe there's a way we can encourage you. I'll be at the front. The elders will be at the back. And if you'd like to come and become a part of our family, we would welcome you. And not only to be a part of this family, but to be a difference maker in the family. Maybe you'd like to confess your faith and be baptized today. Everything's in readiness. Maybe there's some other way we could serve you. Maybe you'd like one of the elders to pray with you. They'll be at the back and I'll be at the front. We can serve you in any way. If you'd like to come, do so right now as we just stand and sing our song of invitation together. In my life, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified in my life, Lord. Be glorified today in my song, Lord. Be glorified, be glorified in my song lord be glorified today